for the inaugural squid row podcast i know dude we're doing it <laughs> episode one we're doing it man so uh i was thinking about some of the stuff we want to bring up and i think it would be really good for us to talk about like how we just have made it like since we've been out because you paul and i have been I think more successful than a lot of the the guys who we got out with. And uh Yeah, I'm like giving advice because I see a lot of a lot of the guys I knew when we were when we were in kind of aren't doing much. Except for talking about flat earth and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but like when I when I first got out, I felt a little bit like lost. I didn't know what to do. Yeah, like not everything's spelled out for you anymore. Yeah, and I got Tracy Boats fucking yelling at me. Hey, <laughs> 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 what do you say? You're an Ivy League guy. <laughs> you know what? I really think that um, the first Mexipino to get accepted into Columbia. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I really think that having like Miley in, in my life is one of the things that really got me in the right mindset to be like successful in school and to, try to go for like bigger things because i i don't know i think a lot of a lot of guys who go into the service didn't do great when they're in high school i think my last semester of high school i had a 1.7 gpa so. <laughs> yeah, dude. i think i 1.4 the entire time i was in high school <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like i i always associate school with like this horrible feeling that I was like dumb or something like that, you know? And yeah. uh, that's one of the great things about, about, uh, I mean, all three of us utilize the GI bill and that's like a promise. That's an investment in us to like help us move into the like middle class of America. And yeah, yeah I, I just really yeah. think um, oh, an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I like that. Yeah. But, but I'm on the podcast right now. Yeah, where the hell is Paul? He's on San Francisco time right now. He's probably shopping for Bergenstock. <laughs> 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 He's on a pride rally right now. <laughs> All that Boston discipline's gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully we're getting him in here. Yeah, we have a bunch of characters from uh from the USS O'Kane we need to get on the show, dude. I know. I want to talk to. We had this. We had this guy on the boat named uh, 
Dojimon. He was from Africa and he was a school teacher. Doji. D O Z I or D O J I? D O D Z I. I was I was a DCPO with him for a little bit. Oh yeah. But this dude was awesome. He would tell I remember him telling me a story. I don't know if we were all there about uh how he was a school teacher and he'd be going to school and people would be shooting around him and stuff like that. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, he spoke like six languages. Yeah, he was super smart and uh I made the mistake of of uh telling him I'd, I'd play on the ship soccer team with him and I'm a horrible soccer player. Was he slide tackling you? No, we went out there and I was just like tripping over my feet and he's screaming at me. He's so angry at me. He saw that you were brown and he assumed that you were good at soccer. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Doji, I haven't played soccer since I was like in the fourth grade, but well, um, Swanu, he was like a beast at soccer from yeah. Africa. And we're in Tahiti, and he spoke French. He was like one of like two people on the ship that spoke French. So like, he went to do this like volunteer thing with the Tahitian villagers. And oh, there okay, were okay. kids, and he went to go play soccer with them. And he was the only guy in the Navy that does, wasn't wearing shoes. <laughs> Tahitian kids weren't wearing shoes either, but it was like, you know, there was like a third world country, but he decided to not wear shoes because he, he's African, I guess. But he was <laughs> slopping the shit out of these little seven year old kids. <laughs> Fucking play for keeps in Africa. 28 to 0. <laughs> Swanu definitely took advantage of the fact that he, uh, he, he had like a super thick accent because. I remember asking him shit, and he would he'd be like act, acting like he didn't speak English, and I was like, "Bitch, I know you speak English, motherfucker. I need these tools." But <laughs> I don't know. Inter- you it was fun to, though. You met so many. That's what. Yeah, you had fun in the Navy, huh? Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, it was like best time of my life. Yeah, man. I I got asked to. I gave a a, pre, a presentation on Starbucks yesterday to a panel of executive board members from like a bunch of different industries. And somebody, one of the board members asked me like how, how Starbucks um, helps out armed forces veterans. And uh, she asked me, she was like, is it difficult for armed force vet- veterans to integrate back into society i can't i kind of gave a <laughs> uh, a little bit of an inflated answer but i i just said like yeah for some some of these guys i know like you grow up not in a usc classroom but you grow up like behind a gun it's definitely not me but this is the reality for some of the guys it's definitely different when you're in a classroom with these privileged kids who have a driver picking them up every day and uh but for for trace trace and i were bull, bullshitting on a boat <laughs> <laughs> playing touch butt <laughs> grab ass, literally playing grab <laughs> there's a video that trace posted 
a couple days ago where he uh, he's he put a rubber glove on his head and blew it up with his nose. <laughs> and our old the old captain of our ship commented on it. <laughs> you see that? Yeah. Oh, Captain Ray. <laughs> he was a good guy. Definitely. Yeah. Did you you remember cranking in the wardroom, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Their conversations compared to the conversations from the Mestex. Way different. <laughs> <laughs> Way different. They uh, they're definitely jockeying for, uh, jockeying for like kiss ass points the whole time they're at the dinners. Very sophisticated. Yeah, except for uh, there are a couple of the guys who are enlisted who who became officers or warrant officers. Yeah, there. Or, or Radcliffe. Yeah. Or that time, uh, yeah, we had to put loaves of bread out on the table. Uh, and one of those pieces of bread had mold on it. And Ops picks it up and says, hey, this – well, she looks at me and she said, I think you were there with me. You were, like, training at the time. Because mm. I was about to be done. And, I, yeah, something like that. She looked at me and she said, Barnett, this bread's moldy. And he looks at her and then he grabs the bread off of her plate and took a bite out of it and said, Bill's character. <laughs> Dude, yeah, fuck. The, the Navy culture – with officers and enlisted is horrible. <laughs> it's so bad. Like they were literally like slaves to them where I I uh at school there's a former Marine officer who who is now uh, he's finishing law school this year and he hangs out with us all the time and he talks about how he hated like being around Navy people because they treat their guys so bad in general. Like, he he always said, like, yeah, man, I never ate when we were on deployment stuff until all my guys ate and, and like, you don't really find that, like, take care of your guys mentality in the Navy by the, by the swell bros. Yeah, there's, like, really bad morale. And, like, like people ask me all the time about these, like, uh, destroyers in Seventh Fleet mm. getting collision. Well, dude, these motherfuckers probably slept for three hours. Oh yeah, going at it for fucking. They've been at sea for you know fifty days. Uh, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more fucking often. Oh yeah, and they're sleeping at their console. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's definitely a, a problem. Like, how many? What's like optimal manning for those boats? I know that we had a berthing that was completely empty. Yeah, I don't. I mean, very, you know, I mean, obviously, it varies between ships. Yeah, but it does seem like they're. I mean, especially for you guys, you had so much work. It seemed like you could each one of our departments use a little bit of. Especially you, you're uh, like the bosun's mates. I think. You guys have so many extra duties. That... Yeah, and then like CSs and engineering department. Yeah. Dude, I... God bless those engineering department. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> that, yeah. Dude, 
I mean, like, like first off, it's like you're the first – like, they're, like, the first division up. Mm-hmm. And they're the last ones to get off – or to get done. But the whole time, everyone's complaining about the job that you're doing. You, you know what I mean? Like, if I messed up 3M, it's pretty much, like, my division that knows about it. You know, like, nobody else. It might even only be my LPO talking to me about it, but, like, CS is, like, you got 300 people complaining about the food that you just busted your ass to cook. Yeah, dude, that's, like, the most thankless job in probably all the military, like, especially on the boat, because you're in that microcosm, and everyone everyone talks shit on the CS rate there, because they're like, they're like, oh, you're a cook and shit, but, dude, that's, like, the fucking mental, most mentally draining position on the boat, because of that judgment that you said, like, no one gives a fuck about like 3M, like you said, or <laughs> missile maintenance. They do care about that internet. <laughs> I think you guys were like second complaints after CS's. <laughs> I don't give a fuck, though. <laughs> I, dude, I was like uh, the worst IT, I think. <laughs> I'd rather be up uh, I always just... Yes. Huh? What are you talking about? You're the worst IT. <laughs> I, I eat second class in like three years. <laughs> Dude, that's the perks of being tall, dark, and handsome. You just get it. <laughs> you being Filipino, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely always just tried to hook up my friends all the time. Like, I try to help out bosun mates as much. As much as I could. Uh, those Filipinos that hooked me up. Only, only if I played on the basketball team. <laughs> basketball players. <laughs> no. But it's definitely, it's weird thinking about how long ago that was now. Yeah, I got out in 2013. I'm going on five years. Yeah, I got out 15. Oh, really? Yeah, I forgot it was like, still, that's 2015 seems like so long ago. Yeah, I was bullshitting in Italy in the, <laughs> I, I I pretty much wasn't in the military there. <laughs> but Dude, I like Italy. Man, I fucking loved it. I want to. Miley and I always talk about how we'd definitely move back. Like, we, I, I love living in the states, but I felt more free in Italy than I, than I do here. Like, what do you mean, like more free? I mean, like, like if a cop was driving behind me, I didn't like something. Something about. Like, uh, being in the States, you know, which the laws are a really good thing. Like they keep us, they keep us safe. And, uh, I think our culture really, uh, makes it necessary because we kind of have like a more aggressive culture, I'd say, but there, I mean, I never heard of anybody getting shot by a cop. I've seen, I've literally seen guys throw down with cops 
over a parking ticket they'll like fight a little bit and then after they'll you'll see him like having a cup of coffee talking it up. <laughs> <laughs> and man i like on the weekends we would just go you want to rent a boat you just go rent a boat and <laughs> no no license nothing and uh license in the u.s to get a boat like i know a lot of guys that have boats they don't have like license I it's all. I think it depends on like the, um, um, yeah, the length, tonnage. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I don't know, man. They just have a more relaxed culture. Like in the middle, the middle of the day, they they take like a two hour break to have lunch with their bosses and enjoy each other. And there's like they have three hour dinners to just enjoy the time with their family, and. Uh, I don't know. In America, it's just like go, 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 and and make as much money as you can. But uh, that really made me realize that I want to enjoy the every day I have, like with my my friends yeah. and my family and stuff, you know. Because fuck, if you especially going to school at USC with all these rich kids, like man, you could make all this money being an investment banker working seventeen hours a day, but you're not going to get that time with your grandma and your mom back, you know? Life's about the two Ks. <laughs> Kombucha and kettlebells. set <laughs> 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 up in the Navy. I'm so burnt out being in debt. Now it's like I just stop and smell the roses, you know? As long as I can pay my bills, I'm good. Yeah, man. That's like, uh, that's the best thing about the Navy because they, you work like a motherfucker and you're isolated from your family and friends. Oh, you got all, all your boys on the boat and stuff. But, uh, yeah, you want to enjoy that free time. And <laughs> that's why we got to move. We got to move you out to LA. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle Los Angeles. <laughs> I want to, dude, I. If if Miley wasn't like a thousand percent opposed to moving out of like a city, I'd fucking move to Texas right now, dude. I I want to live. It's a big city. Austin is Austin's probably the closest to Los Angeles that you can get outside of Los Angeles. I don't know, or outside of California. Dude, yeah, I always hear great things about Austin. Dude, Austin's cool, but it's like. A million people living in a like Austin used to be a tiny little town. I mean, not a mm-hmm. tiny little town, but like relatively small city. But now there's like a million people that live there, and oh, there's like yeah. a yeah, and it sucks. And there's traffic all the time. <laughs> like, dude, if you don't wake up at six in the morning, like you want to go do something, like go to the lake or something. If you don't yeah. wake up super early, then like yeah, it's just like not gonna happen. Because there's also like a hundred thousand people that have the exact same plans as you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, I, I really think that places like like Austin are going to be the hubs next because all the all the young people and, like, the creative people are getting pushed out of San Francisco. They're getting pushed out of L.A. and New York. And Austin is, like, an amazing city with where it's affordable for, like, 
people live. Like my studio here in LA is twenty two hundred dollars a month. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and twenty two hundred for like four hundred square feet. Yeah, yeah, and that's a Honda. and like for paul like in san francisco it's probably double yeah i don't i don't know how people do it out there it's like you got to be a millionaire to live out there everyone's a a bunch of doctors and lawyers yeah (laughs) skid row (laughs) right yeah i'm right next to skid row man it's crazy 2200 a month next to the community of homeless people in the u.s yeah, I walked by Skid Row this morning to take my dog to the vets, and it's it's crazy. It's like it's such a dichotomy. There's like there's there's extreme extreme poverty, and then this extreme wealth, and no one's sharing it. <laughs> I'm not commie, but <laughs> how do they end up there? Like, why right there? Like, honestly, like, why don't they go live like in the like the mountains somewhere. seems like that would be. You know, I, 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 uh, I think there is a story about why it ended up in that area and it does move, but I, I have to look that up. I forget. Um, Cause like, I mean, I'm homeless. I would rather go live out in the, in the wilderness, you know, or I guess like on the outskirts of a city, if you live in the city, it's like the heat from the steel, and the cement, you know, disease, yeah. there's a lot more at least, like, on the outskirts of the city, you can at least, you can scrounge up some food, shade, you know, from the trees, you know, Man, and then you got, like, you know, be optimistic about it, I guess, I don't know, I've never been homeless, I feel like I'm kind of, <laughs> you know what, I saw, I saw a homeless guy yesterday, um, he had a boombox and he was sitting there he was sitting on his boombox playing like some james brown like pays the cost to be the boss <laughs> and he was he was sitting on his boombox and he was in front of this like really fancy restaurant where everyone everyone was sitting outside like all these super fancy people eating their dinner and everyone was like staring at him like looking at him and I was thinking that, man, that's, I feel like that's a lot of what drives people who are homeless to, to go to the cities is because, because like, man, they, I feel like what they really want is um, like to be noticed and the, the like necessary things, like there's more people here to, to help them with like services and food and stuff like that. I know in LA you can get Yeah. Yeah, but I really think that they want to be like uh to have some uh, like attention from other humans. Like there there's a, a homeless guy around the corner from me who he just wants to talk, man. I I talk to him once in a while when I'm walking the dog and and I really think that once you're deemed by society to be society to be like a hobo, you know, I think it really it breaks you down and and uh, 
it's hard to climb out of that because because of the social implications that that come with being like a surf, you know. Yeah, like I don't know. Like, I, I kind of get worked up when someone's like dogging out homeless people. It's like obviously there's like a reason he's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Person's not like, well, I'm about to lose everything. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And yeah, you never, I guess you never know what someone you know been through. But like, not even just that. I mean, like, some people just have like really shitty luck. Yeah, like who the fuck knows, man? Like these guys. Think about people who are like sexually abused, physically abused, growing up. Like, doesn't really have the safety nets in place that give them the things they need to succeed, and. Some some people are resilient enough to make it, even when these horrible things happen to them. But I mean, I think both of us feel that we could have been out there. We know that we could have been out there. If any number of things happened to us. Like, yeah. Fuck. I, if I didn't join the Navy, I'd probably be out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> probably not, but. Yeah, I don't think you would. <laughs> you always got to go to the extreme. Yeah, that's why I think, dude, because, like, I, I'm fucking all over the place. Miley's, like, Miley always tells me that, like, you're fucking all over the place. <laughs> you're a thousand percent in or not. <laughs> I keep Man. Saying, I keep saying like. <laughs> Well, fuck. You ever watch my 600-pound life? No. Man, I can't afford TV, so. <laughs> yeah, we don't have it either. We go to my mom's and watch it over there like, every Wednesday. It's, like, kind of like our tradition that we've been doing. Okay. But these are, like, abusive personalities. Like, it's, like, these people. Like, if they weren't eating food, they'd be, like, they'd be alcoholics or coke addicts or something like that like oh yeah like sexual abuse physical abuse abuse like in their in their history and i don't know dude that's what uh i like my biological father i never really met um my mom always tells me like on his side of the family they're all either morbidly obese or extreme alcoholics and i wonder if that's like that's why i like go off the rails on stuff it's like yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> paul paul was down here the other day and he's like oh how's your like surgery feeling like you're back to normal and i was like yeah i went on a bike ride and i i feel pretty good and he was like oh uh like how long was the bike ride? And I was like eighty-eight miles. <laughs> I guess you're all right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like I remember, like in, in Hawaii, we'd go to Leonard's Bakery to get some malsadas instead of getting like two malsadas. You'd get a dozen. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Onto me, and the pro like my shot up because like I don't have that. I have a really slow metabolism. Uh, and then run 15 miles afterwards, and I would, like, drink a <laughs> <Like, so. laughs> 
But I mean, <laughs> that's what it is like drinking too. Like if if I start drinking, I'll just fucking get hammered. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, me too. That's why I don't really drink. <laughs> I think I was kind of flirting with uh with alcoholism for a little while there. Like I think I was on the cusp. In you know? when you're in the navy. Yeah, like I think it was like a fork in the road, I guess, kind of. You know, it's like mm -hmm. keep drinking and go this way, or uh, you stop and go that way. Yeah. You know, man, that's it. I mean, I had to have control in that, and it was like I couldn't just have one. Yeah, I didn't know that. And then, I mean, I wasn't like fucking itching and trying to suck dick for beer. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if I would the path that would probably develop a serious drinking problem yeah i really i think that uh like living at the barracks man it's easy yeah because everyone's drunk and all of us have money all the time too yeah i mean you have like your cell phone bill to pay and that's it yeah that's the difference between like college kids and and us is yeah. they have a lot of shit to get done but when we get off work, we have money, and we you have a good amount of time when you're in port. Yeah, I mean, it's the exact same age group. Kids in college and kids in the military, it's the exact same age group. So they're going to do the same stupid shit. Yeah. Without, without, like, the pressure of, like, having to have all this outside work that you have to do. Like, yeah. most, of, most of the kids I go to school with, like, they only drink, like, on the weekends because, like, school is, like, really fucking difficult here. And uh, so that – I feel like that keeps them on an even kill. But, yeah, dude, we are fucking getting – we'd get hammered all the time. <laughs> yeah, and then we were hanging out with your buddies that were in college, you know, that you went to school with. Yeah, they drank a lot, too, because they didn't really go to school. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Military kids are the exact same thing as college kids, but with a, a better bank account. Yeah. Same stupid funneling Jaeger and this in your pants. And we yeah. had it rough in uh, we had it rough in Hawaii too because like the stigma against Navy dudes like we could not girls would not talk to us. <laughs> Dude, plenty of girls talk to you. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> had that stigma, but you did. <laughs> well, I just like blend in. I try to blend in, but. You know, yeah, you blended in pretty good. Too. I got no game though, man. I can't. I don't. I have no. I had no game. That is having game. Like, <laughs> not having game is game. You know. <laughs> I guess. I was a like, smooth. Ow. I was a smooth talking Bostonian like Paul. I don't know. I feel like we weren't really stigmatized in Hawaii. I always hear about stuff where, like, like guys getting beat up by locals and stuff. I guess we never really had that. I, I don't think, know. I think, you our, you. I think our little group, you, Paul, and I, were the coolest motherfuckers on the boat. 
Just because we didn't act like shitheads out in town, really. I think we did. We just didn't realize it. Probably. Because I can't tell you how many times I passed out in the bed of your truck at Aloha Stadium. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been inside the stadium. I woke up in the bed of your truck while everyone's at the game. (laughs) I had to come with a flashlight. I had piss all over. I was (laughs) Good times. Good times. Talk about that, though. Man, you know what I you know what I saw this morning that like uh, made me think about just like growing up. Uh, these two kids were walking in front of me. This they're probably it's probably like a four, 14 year old boy and girl, and they were like walking and like smiling, and their their hands would like graze each other's, and they'd be like bumping elbows, like walking super close. <laughs> yeah, and they're like they're like. Maybe gonna go and like hold hands. <laughs> I was, I was dying. I was like, man, where, where... palms. The guy's got a boner. Trying to hide it with a shirt. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I was like, it's so crazy being like a kid and uh, going through those experiences and stuff. It's funny. We're old now. We're old guys. Yeah. See, so, yeah, you start off like that, and then you end up like me. You got like. A kid running around and you're sitting on the couch on the couch watching the <laughs> farting. <laughs> That's gonna be you, dude. <laughs> baby, no, baby Naya is gonna be uh holding someone's hand, some little dude's hand someday. Isn't that weird? <laughs> she could be a little girl's hand. She's only she a little, girl. <laughs> little girl's hand. Yeah. Yeah, man. Did you did you watch that uh that Drake video? I didn't. I kind of got busy. God damn it. Rashida Jones. That's my girl. Rashida Jones. It. Rashida Jones? She sang that bubblegum song, right? My bubblegum. Bubble That's no, all right. No, this is... She's an actress. In the video, it's just like... I was thinking about the from Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Oh, no, no, no. No, it's a... Uh, She's an actress, and um, she's just a gorgeous, half black, half white actress lady. <laughs> Rashida Jones, Quincy Jones's daughter. Dude, yeah. How I forgot about that. Dude, I got offered a job yesterday after my presentation, uh, and the CEO is based out of Dallas. For real. The CEO is one of the judges, and. Uh, she offered me a job. Dallas. That's a bunch of pretentious people up there. Is it? Nah, I don't know. I've never been, but <laughs> she seems like Austin weird and then keep Austin keep Dallas pretentious. I know yeah. yeah, I got a cousin that lives out there. It says uh Dallas, LA, New York. She Dude, What was your presentation for Starbucks? Yeah, it was on it was on like the Huh? Recite it to me. Ask me about some juice. <laughs> ask, ask you about juice? Ask me about those premium juices they have at Starbucks. I can't tell if you're being anti-Semitic or not. No, you gotta... That's how, that's how it goes. My part was, like, in the middle, so you gotta ask me about juice. 
What do you think about the Jews? Boss, you are in for a treat. Here at Starbucks, we not only offer our customers cups of premium coffee, but we also offer them a variety of products that are subsidiary businesses, including cold-pressed delicious juices from Evolution Fresh, a variety of teas sourced from around the globe, brought to you by Tivana, and last but certainly not least, our authentic French pastries, including those world-famous cake pops brought to you by none other than La Boulange. Now, our customers enjoy these products around the globe in each of our three geographic segments. The Americas, which accounts for 70% of our total net revenue. The China-Asia-Pacific segment, which accounts for 15% of our total net revenue. And the Europe, Middle East, and Africa segment, whom I don't know if they found about found out about those cake pops yet because they only account for five percent of our total net revenue dude. we're working on it how does that sound boss dude that's <laughs> pitch man that's what we gotta do with squid row we gotta pitch somebody yeah hashtag squid row squid row do you, you like get a job offer from that squid? huh you get a job offer from that she she had um, given me another question at the end about the armed forces involvement or how Starbucks um, works with armed forces. And I had mentioned to her that like Starbucks uh, are on like a, a lot of bases and stuff like that around the, around the world and uh, how, how they've always like served our, our armed forces well in that capacity and how I had a bunch of veteran buddies um, at the community colleges I went to who went to Starbucks and who got health insurance through them and employment and how um, it really helped those guys out. So I think she liked that answer. And she also does work with the, the veterans business administration of america so i actually i have to write her an email this afternoon it's a pretty uh it's a pretty ivy league thing of you to say <laughs> well usc is not ivy league but <laughs> except in columbia so i'm still gonna call you ivy league dude i i was a little bitter about not going there <laughs> barely accepted the community college <laughs> <laughs> i I really wanted to go to Columbia and USC, but Columbia just because it's Columbia. But uh, when you're married, sometimes you can't follow yeah. your dreams. New York just headache to live. Like ten million people there. That was the other thing. Like finding housing, I would have had to live in New Jersey because I have the dog. You can't have a dog in New York City, dude. Brooklyn, don't they have houses there? Yeah, but you have to have like eight grand a month. Jesus, I I found I found an apartment that was my my size apartment for like thirty nine hundred dollars a month. God, I just feel like I don't know. Live in New York, like every New Yorker I've ever met is like super aggressive. I dude. 
that side of the country, like Boston, New Jersey, New York, Baltimore, like they're all super aggressive. Dude, that's why that's why I wanted to move there because, like, uh, I wanted to be exposed to that. I think I think living a bunch of places like builds your character so much. Like, I think it'd be good to move there because, like, we had the experience of living in Hawaii where everyone's like super family oriented, and and then LA where everyone's nice but Everyone. realistic, <laughs> <laughs> and then like that fucking hard John Joe or uh, John Joseph New York the poliosis tel- yeah even like when they're saying something nice to you it sounds like they're being mean to you you know dude I think it I think it would be I I forget what song it was but it opens by saying like live in New York but not too long so you don't get too hard or something like that. I don't know, but I love New York hardcore. Like, like uh, that yeah. only come from there, you know? Mm. You know yeah. what I've been listening to is uh, hardcore. It can only be, like, agnostic front can only be there. I gotta listen to more. I, I have, Honestly, I haven't listened to anything but the Cro-Mags from New York. Dude, I love the Chromex, but I don't know. It's weird. Like John Joseph is so like, like he's like a militant vegan, and now it's hard for me to even listen to the Chromex. Because I just think about John Joseph. Posts. Yeah, dude, the veganism thing is interesting. I I was, dude, I bought in like hook, line, and sinker, and and then I like thought about it more and more vegan right no but like when i was doing the iron man and stuff i i was like sticking to it pretty pretty religiously yeah i don't know you know i mean i was doing a vegetarian thing i tried it and i just i got really didn't have energy yeah skinny fat it was like i lost a lot of weight Mm mm-hmm so it was muscle but I, I don't know i just man i like naturally don't like my whole life i've not really liked eating meat so even now i i really don't eat meat that often i remember the first time i really had like some steak was in hawaii at the steak plate that was your first time to eat steak yeah like i i Right before I left for the Navy, I ate, like, a little bit of tri-tip when my parents would cook it. But I was with, like, those rescue summer guys, and I was like, fuck, I got to eat this meat. So I was just, like, choking it down. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, like, grilling and smoking meat, that's, like, that's, like, one of my hobbies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Doing that. You know, you know, if I'm vegan, I don't have to give that up, and I can't, I, dude, I can't do it. I like I don't have a problem vegans, but there's like definitely different kind of vegans. You know, there's like vegan, like oh, it just makes me feel better to eat plants. You know, like my body responds really well to it. Like I get that. You know, and then proselytizing vegans. <laughs> I mean, it's like yeah, like I have no problem with vegans, and I hate when people make fun of vegans. I think it's like lame as fuck when people like go online and like trash vegans. You know, because it's cool. You know, it's like self-discipline. 
yes, they're, they're making an effort to, uh, to make the world a better place. But I really yeah. hate vegans that are fucking they're called milk pus. Like, get the fuck out of here. Milk is not pus. Yeah. <laughs> I remember in his pig's ass. It's like, dude, do you know what? Like, it's like, you know, bacon's from a pig's belly, you know? Uh, yeah. I remember somebody, somebody like reiterated that Joe Rogan point to me when I wasn't eating like any animal products, like, oh, like, uh, like factory farms aren't, aren't worse than like a, a grain combine tearing up font or little animals in the field. Yeah, there, there's I, no ethical way to eat food. Like yeah. you affect the world in some way, no matter what. But when when that person said that to me, I was I was thinking, and I was like, "Fuck, factory farms are way fucking worse than a rabbit getting torn up in a grain combine. At least the rabbit lives free for its life up until that point. Like in a factory farm." I did a I just did a project on uh, the North Carolina pig farms, and those poor pigs like live in extreme confinement. They have like psychosis because they yeah have... <laughs> no, yeah I'm not saying like factory farms the greatest thing that ever happened. I'm yeah. saying if everyone in America became a vegan, 330 million vegans, like how much forest would have to be cleared out to produce that much food? For that many people. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. Like, all these, like, vegetables and fruit, and not all of them produce flowers. So, mm-hmm. like, affect the bee population. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, uh, it is interesting to see how we're going to feed all these people. Like, our, the growth of the country and the world is on an exponential trajectory, but... They're, I don't know. Have you ever heard of like carrying capacities for populations? Uh, no. Nah. So like, uh, we looked at carrying capacities for. I, th- I think it was. Um, I don't know some animal. Just say like squirrels, and they they're on this exponential trajectory, and then they hit this point where either there's going to be a mass die off or or something needs to change like technologically like we see we saw some carrying capacity um plateaus in the human population before like the creation of antibiotics and things like that oh really i wonder what the next like big thing we're gonna have will be to support this massive population or is there going to be a fucking die-off? Yeah, you have to produce food in a lab. Yeah. Or, um, um, like NASA meals, I guess. You know, you drop sodium in it and it grows. Yeah. <laughs> the um, um, downsize with Matt Damon. No. It's, actually, it's kind of like exactly what you're talking about. It's like they get, like, an average person and they shrink them down to, like, five inches tall or something. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that is. Uh, uh, Ashley wanted to get it from Redbox. And at first I was like, this is going to be fucking stupid. 
And then we started watching it, and I was like, this movie's badass. Like, I really fucking like it. That's, like, one of those movies that makes you think about About, like, human consumption and stuff like that. I liked it, though. Dude, it's and weird, like, uh... $25,000, like, in assets. You know, he was, like, talking to this agent, and they, like, liquid uh, liquidated all of his assets. And like, yeah, you have $125,000, but living in, like, this small community, it translates to, like, $12.5 million. Uh, so, oh, yeah. In, like, these huge mansions and stuff. And they're all like, retired. It was really, really cool. Dude, what, uh, the audio is kind of weird now. I can hear, like, every other word you say. The audio is weird? I'm going to... It's like how does it... The sound right now? Yeah. Yeah, it's all right now. I had it kind of pressed up to my face pretty hard, and I'm sweating. Uh, <laughs> What's that? Sounding better now? Yeah, it's like uh, every other word is like uh, static-y. Oh, maybe I'm talking too loud. I don't know. This is episode one, so this is going to sound like really crappy, and we're going to sound like we don't know what we're doing. You go onto any podcast and go to episode one. It's going to be like the worst podcast you ever heard. You can go on Terrence and Joe Rogan, and their episode ones will be shitty. Episode <laughs> <laughs> one be shitty. You guys, uh, you gotta look out for those Squid Row T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, dude, we're fucking. I like the tampon idea. I'm still going with the tampon idea. Wait, I forget about that. What, what was that? Dollar Club. Their, their model with Dollar Shave Club where they just send you um, razor blades in the in the mail every month, but we oh. do it with tampons and pads. Squid Row with Ooh. tampons and I like yeah, that yeah. idea. We got to talk about this offline so people don't steal it. International. <laughs> <laughs> Check the statistics. Yeah. Dude, that is good. Oh, man. Let's fucking do this. I was telling my family about it, like, one Sunday lunch. Uh-huh. Liked it. Yeah, they're a bunch of women, really smart women, too, and now I really liked it. Dude. Her PhD, and she said that was brilliant. She's got a fucking... fucking... Hello? Yeah, can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's this Texas heat. <laughs> Maybe it's the anchor app that just sucks. <laughs> Dude, I gotta, I gotta wrap it up now. I guess I get oh, ready yeah. for jiu-jitsu. some jujitsu. Tracy Poha. <laughs> you gonna cook some beans? <laughs> Cooking the beans. Exactly. Cooking beans is really like Ten Planet style, though. No. Cooking beans was uh, Salo and Shanji. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking smashing. I don't yeah. do jujitsu, so I just say things that I associate with jujitsu. <laughs> Transplanted jujitsu is like, uh, dude, it's so, it, it's so tricky. It's hard for me to follow a lot of the time. You <laughs> try to get Eddie Bravo on, our on, on the podcast? Eddie yeah. Bravo and. Sam Tripoli is he trains in the and Tony Ferguson. 
I don't. You don't see Tony Ferguson there uh, because he just opened his new gym, his own gym. Really? Yeah. I think uh, Professor Eddie goes over there and trains <laughs> him. Like listen to him on the Joe Rogan podcast and hear him be called Professor Eddie. <laughs> tell, him, tell him, say, yeah, my buddy. He's not. A, he doesn't believe the Earth is flat, but he thinks. The flat earth theory is really cool. <laughs> to get on the squid cast, hashtag squid row. He, he doesn't, he definitely doesn't know me, but I, he's recording this thing. Sometimes I will stay because I, I, you have to, you have to learn all the 10th planet fundamentals before you take his class. So I'm still like learning, but I've watched his class before and he said hi to me. And he just says, how's it going, sir? Because <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, sit on the side and watch him. But I've been slacking in jujitsu because I've been... Because that knee surgery, huh? Yeah, dude. I can only train, like, I'll train once in a while, and then my... I'll, I'll train, like, two days in a row, and then my knee will be like a football, and I got to take, like, a week and a half off. <laughs> your patilla got removed. Yeah, dude, when your uh, kneecap like rip, rips off of your lower leg. <laughs> it's pretty... <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. Hi, right, man. Episode one in the books. Yeah, dude, we're international. What do they say in Texas now? Everything else is babies and memories. Babies and memories. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that. That's from uh, Friday Night Lights. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first episode of the rest of our lives. There it is. <laughs> Dude, hopefully Paul's on episode two. Uh, he's on that San Francisco time. I apologize to everyone. <laughs> Dude, yeah. All right. All right, man. Take it. Peace. Uh, Squids. Squid, out.